2: This is your main event, Mark's Podcast, brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network and Belly Up Sports Network. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and cat dad, Troy. And with me, as always, is the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia and the main event collector. He's the Alex Shelley, my Austin star. He's Greg. What's up, Greg?
3: What's up? Finally, I get the better of the two.
2: Well, I'm from Ohio, so I got to go with the... Austin star. Uh, you can have him. <laughs> I've always been a mark. For, you and I used to be huge marks for Austin Aries and then you kind of dropped off <laughs> for a while. Uh, yeah. What was what was the first time when you were when you were starting to be like I might not like this guy anymore?
3: I uh, he's later run in the Cruiserweight division.
2: Yeah.
3: Is like I, started, I don't, like I don't I don't judge anybody off of what they say on Twitter, okay? That's personal. But when he's yeah. calling his own fans like names and talking crap about him saying if you eat meat you're not a fan of mine i like crap I'm like screw it i like you then did he
2: actually say if you eat he meat, did you're not like wow mm-hmm. that that's freaking hardcore bro you don't hear daniel bryan's like if you have ever littered in your entire life you should die <laughs> now, that's the real uh, captain playing it by the way is brian danielson
3: just putting that out there uh, also but, not like a confirmed a-hole either so there's that again yeah. personal life i don't care that's your business but
2: you know yeah, yeah it's kind of like those actors where it's like uh i you know I, I know like i i've heard enough about you and enough people have confirmed that you're a complete piece of garbage but i really like your movies so i'll keep watching yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah austin star aka austin aries is on this card today that we're talking about we're going back to 2006 yet again
0: the
3: Andy. Austin Star, by the way. Exactly. And I just, uh, oh, I'm 10 years old, and I just realized why V was the thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, okay. Well, I don't I know think... why. I, I, I guess I didn't know he was from Ohio.
2: Yeah. Well, what's funny is he's like, uh, he, he's, he's not even from anywhere around here. He's from Wisconsin. So, I don't know. But either way. Yeah, we're talking about Genesis 2006 today, so we're going back to TNA in 2006. We just covered Bound for Glory 2006, which was in October. This is in November. Uh, uh, quite a few things changed between
3: then and, and now. I'm just going to say this, too. It's kind of rare. No, actually not rare, but, like, few and far between when you get back-to-back good uh, TNA pay-per-views, Not to spoil the end. But Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, and and again, you know, I I saw some of the. Sometimes I wait until the very end to look at any ratings because I don't want them possibly, you know, like subconsciously tainting my view, uh, what you know, good, bad, or indifferent. But this time I looked at the ratings while I was taking notes, and I was still watching the show, and I'm like, wow, like people really like they didn't crap on the show, but they didn't give it good ratings. I'm like, why is that? And I was like, well, oh, you know, this, this might not be great. And I watched it, and I'm like. Why did everybody dislike
3: this? I don't get it. I uh, I forgot how much I actually did like it. Now I will say this: looking at the card going in, I was like, well, I forget this might be good or bad. I don't know, but it turned out to be pretty good. I thought.
2: A couple of the matches were like, "What the hell is going on here?" But <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> well, uh, the opener on. one, which we've already talked about off air, which we get to, like, yep. Yeah. Uh, My ass is in the seat for this one.
2: (laughs) Damn straight, dude. (laughs) But we'll get into, we'll get into all of that uh, and and how they, you know, how most places open the, open the show with a bang. Well, this one is like one of those where you light the, you light the firework and you run away and you plug your ears and then it's just kind of like, you know, like like at the end of uh, AEW's uh, revolution pay-per-view this past year. You know, like that. Yeah. Anyway, real quick, we want to remind you to follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram. We are at Main Event underscore Marks on Instagram. Follow Greg at Main Event Collector. He posts a bunch of stuff, not only about the podcast, but also figure collecting, not just wrestling figures mostly. But, you know, if you're into figure collecting and fig hunting and all that stuff, definitely follow Greg. Like I said, Instagram and Twitter at main event underscore marks and Instagram at main event collector. And on Facebook, we have a Facebook page as well. We're trying to grow the audience on there. We are facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. And uh, check us out on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. We got a bunch of great content on there as well. And we do want to let you know as well that the main event marks is sponsored by fanatics. Get all your officially licensed Sports gear with fanatics at fanatics.com. And our special link is down in the podcast description. Just let them know that the main event marks and the unhinged sports network sent you. We're also sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins, and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the USA. Go to swiftlifestyles.com and use our special promo code main event marks all one word, and get 15% off your order. But now that that's all taken care of, we're going to take our first break of the podcast. When we come back, we're diving into the news and notes right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector.
1: Get ready to rumble!
2: In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Red Bubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com store main-event-marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's main event and bonfire.com slash store slash main dash event dash marks
0: lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office
2: Event Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. <laughs> and we are back. And we're back. Brief time out here to remind you to follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram. We are at Main Event underscore Marks. And on Facebook, where Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod. And you can follow Greg on Instagram at Main Event Collector. Also, Yeats aims to provide the most unique and high-quality sunglasses on the market at an unbeatable price. They're built from the latest manufacturing techniques. Yeats shades are made for comfort, durability, and big Yeet moments. And on top of that, a percentage of all profits go toward beach cleanups and other community outreach programs. No matter your style, their shades are here to help you chase your vision Go to yeetsofficial.com and use promo code BELLYUPPOD to save 10% at checkout. That's Y-E-E-T-Z official.com and put in that promo code BELLYUPPOD. That's B-E-L-L-Y-U-P-P-O-D. Save 10% at checkout. Time to dive into the news and notes here from November of 2006. It is 15 years past already, man. Nuts.
3: Yeah, I remember, I feel like when I watched Bound for the Glory back, it felt like I watched it yesterday. This one, I didn't get that feeling. Keep in mind, this is the era where I watched every pay-per-view.
2: Same, yeah. Yeah, this one didn't strike me as, I might have, well, I might have missed this one, come to think of it. Because there were a few of them I did miss live. So this might have been one of them. I think I might have seen it in retrospect. But I don't know. Either way, uh, WWE Hall of Famer Rowdy Roddy Piper has been hospitalized in Oregon for surgery after being sent home from WWE's tour of the United Kingdom. Piper's original diagnosis was kidney stones. However, sources close to the situation say that the former World Tag Team Champion surgery may be a result of disc problems. Due to Piper's injury, he will not be participating at Survivor Series. Ric Flair's team will now include
3: a legend to be named. Um... <laughs> I remember this. Yeah, uh, I think he he had said that if the fans didn't vote him in for, I think it was Taboo Tuesday or it might have been Cyber Sunday. it Doesn't matter. Had he not been voted in, though, they might not have found it because he had to do a physical. So wow, yeah, that's nuts, man. On hindsight, it's great. I did yeah, vote for really? him. You know, yeah. I, I you know I'm I'm still on the fence if those things were legit or not, whatever. But uh, um, yeah, I remember that. It was heartbreaking, dude, because him and Flair were the tag champs. I thought it was so cool.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah. I never would have called, by the way, that they were, like, legit. Like, they were, like, really good friends in, per- in like, real life.
3: Oh, yeah. I've heard Flair on podcast say that him, Piper, and Hogan, like, three amigos. And the thing was... <laughs> <laughs> like, Flair... I all the internet would have you think otherwise, but... Yeah, right. Trying from the horse's mouth.
2: <laughs> well, and the thing with uh, Piper is, like, or Piper and Flair being such good friends is, like, if you actually knew their personal lives, they lived very different lives.
3: Yeah, right. Um, I, there was there was a show, not it's still on topic. Uh, I don't know if you remember what it was. I think it was like a wife swap show. Oh, where Piper's yeah. wife and Flair's wife swapped. Yeah, and it's like if you go back and watch that, you can tell it was all legit because <laughs> obviously how Wendy was compared to Piper's wife. <laughs> yeah, you know, was print. this.
2: Was this back when he was married to Charlotte's mom still?
3: No, no, it was... Uh, is it Wendy, you know, the the maid that he's playing yeah. with? Yeah, yeah, it was her.
2: Wow, he was with her way back then?
3: No, it was, it was way back then. It was like eight, maybe seven years ago. Oh, ah, okay. It yeah. wasn't long, long ago, but it was a while back. Uh, it's probably on YouTube. I mean, not oh well, yeah, YouTube. or. I don't yeah. know what the hell it was. I remember I watched it, though, just because was like, oh, it's Piper and Flair, is she interesting.
2: Yeah, I heard about that. I hadn't seen the show, but yeah, it's like, you know, Flair was married. He's been married like th- three, four times. He's got all these kids and everything from different women and, you know, partying hard and big drinker. And there's Piper who, according to his family, he was home whenever possible. When he was home, he didn't like to go out a whole lot. He was a big family man, didn't party hardly ever. And he was, he was married to the same woman from the time they got married to the day he died. And he only had three kids all by the same woman. So three or two, something like that. And, I know two for sure. Yeah.
3: one of them, One's in MMA and one's in wrestling, I believe.
2: Is his, son, tris- is his son a wrestler or an MMA fighter?
3: The last time I saw, it, yeah, I don't know. It wasn't anything big, but yeah. Ah,
2: okay. Yeah, because I know his uh, daughter is, yeah, she goes by Teal Piper. I can't remember what her real name is, but yeah. And if she in developmental, no, I don't think she ever, if she was ever under a WWE contract, it was for like a heartbeat. She's, she's off doing independent stuff now, last I seen, but yeah, uh, same on that. If uh, anybody gets a chance to watch the A&E documentary on Piper, it's very in depth. It's very cool. They talk to his kids, his wife, and, oh man, it was, it was awesome. And, damn near made me cry at the end it was so good
3: i do like how that one's praised and everyone hates the macho man these exact same um uh, producers
2: yeah people have brought that up and i guess conrad was saying he said he thinks the reason is because he heard they got different directors for every almost every episode
3: oh uh, okay
2: so that would explain it because the one for the macho man episode had like a different vision of what he wanted the show to be about it's like dude whatever uh, but moving on here, The Undertaker currently has what is being described as a severe rib injury that he suffered during the WWE's recent tour of Europe. He should be, or It should be noted that Undertaker worked a few dates during the tour overseas wearing a rib protector at house shows. He is slated to still work Survivor Series against Mr. Kennedy, uh but will be very limited in what he can do. False, they tear the house down. But yeah, uh, now in the archives, by the way, uh, Survivor Series 2006, go check that out.
3: So you calling
2: him Dave Meltzer a liar? Uh, no, Greg. Hashtag play has changed, okay?
3: Okay, I can buy that.
2: This was... Like, a, this seemed to be a frequent thing for The Undertaker. Because I remember stories where they said that people would see him, like, basically putting on a damn Kevlar vest backstage because he had busted ribs. And then he'd go out there and work. Ah, that's nuts. And the bad thing is, like, if anybody's ever had broken ribs or bruised ribs or whatever... You just have to wait for those things to heal. There's really not anything you can do about it.
3: Yeah, they literally just tape them up. That's why I don't think DP was like a gimmick in WCW all those years. Remember he had his ribs taped like chronically for like a year?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. uh,
3: Something tells me I want to be legit.
2: Yeah, after a while, I was just like, because as a kid, I was like, why does he always tape himself up like just like every week? It was going on for, like, like you said, like a damn year. Crying. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, But, well, here's uh Impending Doom. Seven days after Survivor Series, ECW's December to Dismember pay-per-view will be taking place. Oh, I'm
3: man. Did we cover sure that? We,
2: no, we haven't yet, but we, we, uh, <laughs> we should. <laughs> uh that show was so like there's so nothing to it i think it was like an the hour opening and a half match
3: the opening match of the hardees and m M&M m was damn good and it was all that uh, from there yeah i can quit that to something else but i'm not gonna do it on the show let's go on uh, wow. <laughs> well didn't
2: uh didn't the show only go like an hour and a half and they I were think like it was wait? two
3: full i think it was two full hours to be fair but well, i, I do know, know it ended
2: around seven
3: o'clock yeah they said it went oh, Or nine o'clock I to the East Coasters.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, there's real time out here. I don't get that <laughs> whole time zone thing. But uh, yeah, the show was originally scheduled to take place in Chicago, but was soon moved to Augusta, Georgia. It was moved there to take away any historical ECW home court type of environment. Internally, WWE producer Kevin Dunn's choice of city and refusal to move it was done to ensure that it doesn't have the raucous atmosphere the prior ECW pay-per-views had had. Oh yeah, you wouldn't want people to actually, you know, care about it. Heaven forbid. <laughs> Look, this this show uh, snake bit all the way around. Like first, I don't
3: even know if I want to cover that now. That I think about it.
2: Yeah, there was just there was so much wrong with the show because.
3: Well, let's start with the fact that it was a week after one pay-per-view already.
2: And one of the big four.
3: Yeah, I mean, that was stupid.
2: Yeah, and then they're going to have an ECW event in Georgia, which was NWA slash WCW territory, not ECW territory. And yeah, the card wasn't very good. They didn't book the show right. So like we said, it went short. And then the main event, like, nobody wanted Lashley to win that match, except for Vince McMahon.
3: Oh, I think I did.
2: Yeah, but, like, okay, anybody who cared about ECW <laughs> didn't want, because you probably watched it because it was just WWE entertainment, like, show, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, I did watch it and I regretted it.
2: <laughs> yeah, so Yeah, so nobody that, like, actually watched it because, oh, it's ECW. Like, nobody wanted Lashley to win. And I'm a Lashley fan. You are, too, obviously, but a bigger one now. Oh yeah, for sure. But yeah, that was just Ugh, I don't know. And that extreme chamber. And they the the one that uh was being pushed for by Heyman and whatever, you know, uh CM Punk, he was eliminated first and quickly. Although
3: Yeah, I mean it wasn't he was already defeated before then, right? I think Tess had already or Hardcore Holly, which is random as hell, already ended his streak, right? I think, I yeah. Think?
2: I couldn't I can't remember. I, I do remember uh Bruce Pritchard talked about this and this it's like there has to be a happy medium because he said Paul's idea was CM Punk will come in and make the big show tap out to the Anaconda Vice. And then he will proceed to make everyone tap out to the Anaconda Vice, and he shall win the match, sir. Finally. Finally have another volley. CM Punk will come <laughs> in and take a dookie on everyone. Good lord. And come out as the champion.
3: Yep. Paul loves his punk. Yep. Yeah. I'm not knocking that, by the way. People hear that I want to think I'm knocking it. Out of all the new
2: ECW talent that they had on the relaunch, I think he was the one that fit the most.
3: Yeah. Well. Yeah.
2: Maybe hardcore Holly.
3: Let's not uh, forget uh, Zach Ryder was on there, and he's proud to this day. He argues to the death that he's an ECW guy. and Brian Myers says, hell no, you're not.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's also proud to have been GCW champion, so that should tell you uh, something.
3: GCW uh, universal champion, by the way, which is For just him stroking shot. off the be telling everybody he wants to go back, which we all know when he kicks his little pot shots at it. Oh, well, of course.
2: Uh. But to keep on with that, the final ECW house show that was to be presented by WWE on Monday in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, has now been canceled. <laughs> has not been canceled. According to the reports, a decision has been made for, for uh, some ECW talent to appear on Monday Night Raw in Baltimore, Maryland, to push the Survivor Series. The plan within WWE is to combine ECW and SmackDown house shows until at least April of 2007, which did happen.
3: Yeah, they started doing that uh, ECW talent exchange.
2: Yeah. And I think they film ECW before SmackDown or after? Mm-hmm. No,
3: they film SmackDown after ECW. So of those two shows, ECW was the live one.
2: Oh, okay. Gotcha.
3: Yeah, because that makes sense. <laughs>
2: yeah, right. Well, you know, anything can happen. It's wild, wacky, and live. Raw, damn it. Shut up. <laughs> uh December to December did lead, by the way, to Paul Heyman being crap canned again. So,
3: uh, and a big show. Although I think he was leaving for another reason. But
2: wait, did he did he get fired after
3: this show? I don't know if he did or he was leaving, but this was his last pay per view, and then he was on the he said after, and that was it.
2: uh I think that was when he went. He was like at his biggest, wasn't it? And then he like went off, and then came back, and he was slimmer.
3: Yeah, it's so when he came back to face Mayweather. Okay. That's a real real
2: sentence. Right. Uh, Yeah, because I remember there and I was like, man, like Big Show has never been fatter. Like he got really husky there for a while. Now he's got a freaking six pack and whatever, which is weird to think about. But, you know, again, that's a real sentence. (laughs) Uh, The WWE writing team went down to Ohio Valley Wrestling last week for a half day to see how things were going. And well, they weren't too impressed with what they saw. They believe that the place has fallen apart since Paul Heyman was running it. They don't see too many hot prospects down in OVW. Also, the place doesn't seem to be run too well, although WWE doesn't spend much money on it anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's good. It's fine now. From what I heard, it's one of the best places to get trained. But, yeah, I think it, its heyday was definitely when Danny Davis and Jim Cornette were running it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I mean, look at all the freaking stars they pumped out, man. John Cena, Randy Orton, Batista, Brock Lesnar, Shelton Benjamin, on and on and on, man. Eminem. But I don't know. And they, they had a few under um, Heyman. But it went downhill. And then they eventually eventually got FCW. From what I had heard, like uh, Cornette was saying that that's kind of what they wanted all along was the FCW kind of thing, because. He said they acted like they owned OVW because they helped fund it, whatever. And uh, they kept Danny Davis kept bucking a lot of their requests because he's like, well, no, I I own it. You just, you know, give me money and playing it. (laughs) Yeah. So WWE finally was like, all right, well, we're severing this relationship and we're buying. And they I guess they flat out bought all the rights to FCW so they could do whatever the hell they wanted with it, which I mean, you know, and now they got. NXT and the Performance Center and all that stuff. So, see the evolution. I, I think up. they
3: made out pretty well.
2: Yeah. And, uh, I, I think... I, I don't know if Steve Curran's story... Because Steve Kern ran uh, FCW. I don't know if he still does a version of that or not.
3: For anybody who doesn't know who that is...
2: <laughs> Skinner!
3: <laughs> or... the know, fa- man. Yeah. Or, you know,
2: the fabulous ones, whatever.
3: Who has a WrestleMania match on his... Resume.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. About um, that. Uh, take this for what you will, but uh, the writers have been put under pressure from Vince McMahon to make Raw more edgy, quote-unquote, due to the success of SmackDown recently.
3: Uh, it's, it's always been a thing. SmackDown's just kicking their ass, hasn't it?
2: Yep. <laughs> I think there was only a... There was a span of a couple of years where uh not a lot of people gave a crap about SmackDown because... It seemed like just rematches from what we saw on Raw. It was exactly. the, Yeah. So it's like they I don't know, it's like if you missed SmackDown, like, oh well if there was anything important, they'll show me a highlight on Raw, so what do I care? Yep. Eh. And that was like the dark age of Smackdown, but then it came back and they did the brand split and have kind a of looked back since.
3: Yeah, when they did the brand split usually it was the better of the two.
2: Oh yeah. I know. Why is that always just the thing? I don't don't know. know. It's even when they're not trying, they just seem to be the better. But according to people within WWE, they feel that JBL is getting an itch to return to the ring in early 2007. It's always been expected that he'd shoot an angle early next year for the build to WrestleMania. If he does return to the ring, he should probably work a fully style schedule.
3: 2006, I think he. Does doesn't I feel like he does until next year against Jericho. Hmm.
2: Uh yeah, I think I remember that storyline. Was this before or after the the uh, retirement thing with with uh, Ray Mysterio?
3: This was way before. That was twenty five, I think. Um, I'm sure I remember he wrestled at twenty three. I like how twenty three
2: uh i believe or is that uh,
3: 22
2: i'm getting the numbers mixed up (laughs) i I don't remember you might you might come back twice i i like by the way how he doesn't get his big break in his career until he's like only got a couple of years left in the tank like well gotta make that money before retirement (laughs) (laughs) at least he got it yeah oh yeah i mean better late than ever but it's just funny Uh, WWE.com announced that WWE officials and members from the mixed martial arts group Pride had a meeting at the WWE World Headquarters located in Sanford, Connecticut, to discuss the possibilities of doing business together in the future. Pride, which is based in Japan, held its first MMA event in the United States last month at the Thomas and Max Center in Las Las Vegas, Nevada, where over 11,000 people attended. The company is promoted by Dreamstage Entertainment and already has some sort of working agreement with UFC. Yeah, a working agreement.
3: Well, yeah, they did to get Vendley Silva to face Chuck Liddell. I think that fell through. It eventually did happen, I think, when they bought it outright.
2: So what I'm thinking here is I want to say this is the time because I'd heard rumors about this before. And I think Pritchard confirmed basically something along these lines is uh, I know Shane – Shane McMahon was always big into MMA and I know he tried to get Vince to buy UFC when it might have before,
3: been a wise purchase.
2: Yeah, right. Uh, he wanted Vince to buy UFC before the Fertittas uh, bought it. And then I want I want to say this was probably spurred by Shane yet again. It was like, Hey, you should get into business with pride. Obviously it didn't happen. Or
3: Literally done.
2: Yeah. Well, Hey, they just held a, an event with over 11,000 people. I mean, it probably would only go down from there, but.
3: Oh, they uh, probably had Bob Sapp on the card, too.
2: <laughs> no, I hell, don't, Yeah,
3: but, but probably would sell that thing
2: out. Was it Crow Cop that broke Sapp's face? Yes, it was. And he cried? I yes, mean, look, there's no shame in crying when you get your orbital bone kicked in. but You know, still, like, you see that big bear of a man, you're like, is he crying? on TV or pay-per-view or whatever the hell, like, uh, whatever. Too many, uh, flashbacks to the longest yard, but whatever. <laughs> he broke in my face. <laughs> How does it look like a young Michael Jackson? I love little Michael. <laughs> that didn't age well. Uh, no. <sighs> Uncle Dave is reporting that the recently released psychosis. Right. I don't care. <laughs> wow. Uh, He's reporting that the recently released psychosis is headed to AAA, but wants to work for TNA as well. Didn't he pop up like once or twice? Uh, I I don't remember. I want to say he was at least in a World X Cup. I I could be wrong here, but I I don't know. That's like tickling my brain there. I, I don't know. He didn't do enough to leave an impression, obviously. So, you know, there's that. Uh, While TNA officials were said to be slightly disappointed with the 1.0 cable rating that Impact drew this past Thursday night in the company's primetime debut, or as a a certain bro would say, debut, butt, uh, Spike Spike TV is said to be very happy with the number TNA drew, considering that competition elsewhere that night, the hope internally within both TNA and Spike TV is for Impact to continue at the 1.0 range and build the show up from there. Oh, well, they would, but... Yeah. Later. <laughs> Dude, AEW today is drawing TNA ratings from, like, between here and 2010, and it's, it's considered a massive success. Back then, they're like, "Well, these ratings blow!
3: Well, I gotta remember there was less cable back, or more cable back then.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm just pointing out, it's like, look how things have changed, you know, with everything. I mean, we've pointed it out quite a few times, but it's like, it's like those shows where it's like, yeah, they did okay ratings, but we canceled it because their streaming numbers are way low. Like, what? I don't know. The world changes, man. Ugh.
3: As the world this, changes, he's the same. You know that.
2: Yeah. And this was only, I say only, but it's like, this was only 15 years ago. Nuts. Even 10 years ago, 1.0 is like, you know, considered not great. But in 20 in 2021, that's not a bad number.
3: It depends on who you're talking to, but
2: yeah. Well, how'd they do in the demo, Greg?
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: oh man. Uh last story I got here. This you one brought a- that up. <laughs> I had to. I was talking about Uncle Dave earlier, you know, it lends itself right in there. Last story I got here, this um I don't know what to say about it, but here we go. Oh, oh
3: well, I love those lead-ins. <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: Uh Kurt Angle was recently on the Ron and Fez radio show, you know, Fez them 70 show. Yeah, right. Uh and shared a story about when Steve Austin asked him why Vince McMahon didn't recommend either of them for the Miller beer commercials and instead picked Triple H, who doesn't even drink beer. Angle said that it was an example of Vince's favoritism towards Triple
3: H. Let's keep in mind that he's since reneged on everything he's ever said, like consistent <laughs> on stuff, but I know. Well, my thing is,
2: well, first thing, if anybody doesn't, nobody's talking about. If I remember correctly, this might have been because the only beer commercial I ever remember Triple H being in, and I think it was this one here, was they were doing a new beer with uh, lime in it or something, or making fun of it or something, and and there was a bunch of like athletes and Triple H was one of them, and they were like, don't fruit the beer,
3: no fruit in beer, don't fruit the
2: beer, Manlaw, Manlaw, Manlaw. Like fruit fruit don't fruit the beer what the hell does that mean don't put lime in it just leave it the way it is because like i said they were talking about adding lime flavor to the beer like corona or something like that so All right. that was, yeah <laughs> that was like the whole thing about like don't fruit the beer leave it as it is and like whatever
3: you might hears this i don't drink so i don't know what the hell any of that means so. <laughs>
2: yeah right yeah if anybody know like uh because that's a big thing with like uh, Mexican beer usually has lime in it. That's a, a thing there. But the, I, I think like I'm I'm gonna, I, no, <laughs> I'm gonna say during this time. Uh, I mean Stone Cold wasn't an active wrestler. I mean yeah, obviously he's a major star, but still he's not an active wrestler. Kurt Angle. Uh, I mean yeah, he was an active wrestler, but it's like I don't know if Vince wanted. The Olympic gold medalist American hero is associated with a beer commercial, you know?
3: Yeah, I mean that makes sense too. And also, they went on TV, right? Because, you know, like-
2: and uh, and on top of all that, Kurt Angles from Pittsburgh, who has the crappiest beer in the entire world. So I don't know if you know Miller wanted their beer associated with with Pittsburgh.
3: Oh crap! You went there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well. they have their own kind of beer called steel city beer and i've never drank it but my dad uh, uses a euphemism for it. he calls it steel something that rhymes with city beer because he said it's (laughs) disgusting so
3: yeah Uh, what about that Paps blue ribbon that's all the rage now
2: oh good lord uh yeah the thing that makes me laugh about that is if uh look i could see brian myers drinking that all day sure whatever Uh, you cannot Convince me for a second that Matt Cardona drinks that swill. No freaking way. Okay.
3: You got it completely backwards. So how? No. Because Brian Myers and Smart Mark are the beer guys. Oh uh, well. So if you had said the other way, I can see Cardona drinking all day long because he's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, what the hell? Uh, Brian Myers is like the, the guy guy, you know, he's like he the sports, he drinks
2: beer. Cardona doesn't well, yeah. watch sports or anything. Yeah, he he seems like the kind of guy that's like, Yeah, just get me a beer out of the fridge, whatever.
3: No, he wants uh, a good one. So, uh, that's from respect. I can't believe he drinks that crap. Maybe. I mean, he is Mark Sterling's Mark part of like the, uh, what's that thing called? The IP? It's part of like an IP club? IPAs, yeah. IPA, yeah. IP Internet (laughs) Provider. Uh, but yeah, he's part of an IPA club and gets different ones every month and brags about how good Austins are and stuff. Oh, um, I guess another one. You can't I can, convince me that that man likes uh PBR. Yeah, I don't. I don't buy it. Nope. Yeah, that
2: one. And, and if you would like, you just telling me, yeah, Smart Mark is all into IPAs. I'm like, yeah, I can see that. I I buy that. I don't. I'm not even gonna hesitate with that. <laughs> uh, Matt Cardona though, he just seems like he 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 looks more of like a White Claw kind of guy. I he doesn't
3: watch sports, which, you know, nothing wrong with that. But like,
2: well, yeah, he's from Long Island. I don't, Island. Under, Their I don't, under,
3: I don't <laughs> understand how you can even be a beer guy and not watch sports. Don't they go hand in hand?
2: I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, uh, I will say anybody out there from New York, confirm this for me because I've seen enough stuff to to know or, you know, to, to figure this out. It seems like Long Island is like the redhead stepchild of New York. Because every time I hear anybody from New York, they're like, ugh, I got to go to Long Island. Ugh. It's like what the <laughs> hell is wrong with Long Island? I don't know. Maybe it's got a bunch of people like Matt Cardona, whatever. They all they all collect toys and drink Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that's all I got for the news. Uh now that we've pissed a lot of people off, but we're going to take a we're going to take another break. When we come back, we're going to dive into TNA Genesis 2006 right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod, on Twitter at main event underscore marks, and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector.
1: This message is brought to you by belly up sports. No, just kidding. This is not an NWO promo. This is just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, the host of here in Puckbird on the belly up sports podcast network. I have a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey fandom and the love of the game and where that leads you in this, this game we call life. Why am I on Main Event Marks telling you about this? Well, what if I told you I had one half of the world's greatest tag team otherwise known as the Main Event Marks, the one and only Greg, Superfly Greg. He was on and he was talking about his love of the game. So you might want to come over and check that episode out. And if you like what you hear, you could check out the rest of our incredible episodes with our incredible hockey community from PHF, athletes espn personalities fathers of nhl players and a whole lot more come by follow the show give a like give a subscribe and it'd be great to have you here in puckburg but enough about me let's get back to what you're really here for the main event marks because they are the cream of the crop oh yeah
0: necessary. Void by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shopify presents cool sheets from Aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my Aha moment: bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible: signing up on Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22 shopify.com slash free 22.
2: The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. (laughs) And we are back. We're back. You heard the turkey gobble. So it's time to get into all of this. It's TAA Genesis 2006 from 19. November nineteenth, two thousand six. A tagline: "The revolution will be televised." pure
3: I I need to point out too that this is also the thirty third birthday of, uh, of Sega Genesis. Oh, so, really? Genesis.
2: Wait on. Wait, are you talking present day or in two thousand
3: six? Just present day. Oh, okay. Two thousand thirty three. I was gonna. Hey, that it's was hard to <laughs>
2: So I was going to say, wait a minute, back in Oats 6, I was like, Genesis ain't that damn old. What the hell?
3: <laughs> okay. Yeah, Genesis uh, as old as a Jesus. There you go.
2: Wow. Uh, and on the eighth day, God made Mario. Or wait, or actually, it would be Sonic. Sonic. Yeah. All of you. Well, hey, Mario did come before Sonic, so there is that. Um, anyway,
3: uh, maybe he was just too excited. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Right. Uh, the venue was the Impact Zone in Orlando, Florida. I like, by the way, now whenever you watch a TNA event, wherever they are, they'll be like, uh, "We've made this into the
3: Impact Zone." Like, all right. Yep, we'll... they said that. They said that about Vegas, and they said it about Nashville.
2: Yeah, it's like, all right, uh, the roaming Impact Zone. That, that's cool, I guess. You know, whatever. Uh, well, the, I,
3: it, aren't they still in the Asylum in Nashville? I just thought the, I thought that's where they were, but
2: I thought they closed that down. That was just like a building at the fairgrounds.
3: I know they did a show up there like a couple of months ago, or maybe last wow. year. Okay. Yeah, it was a homecoming show in the asylum, but I, oh, I don't know. Okay. just thought it was the same thing.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know. But the attendance is between 900 and uh, 1,100. They didn't list the attendance, but it looked sold out, and I think that building only holds 1,100 people. So, Well, the pay-per-view buy rate was over 60,000. Uh, again, TNA numbers are wonky, so you can't nail them down. The event at this time was TNA's highest selling pay-per-view domestically, selling just over 60,000 buys, beating previously set record, the previously set record, of 55,000 at Bound for Glory 2006. And it's the all-time best-selling pay-per-view TNA held, not one of their big two yearly pay-per-views, Bound for Glory or Slammiversary. That's uh, nuts, but I'm going to say it's all Kurt Angle. I mean, I have no doubts. Yeah, I was going to say, pretty safe bet, I'd say. But, oh my gosh, this first match, man, it was a three on two handicap. We got Serotonin, which they hadn't got their new names yet, but it's Maverick Matt, Johnny Devine, and Kazarian taking on the Voodoo Kin Mafia of BG and Kip James.
3: I was going to say right now, I was so glad I didn't have to go to the bathroom in this because I was not moving. Ass was in the seat,
2: damn straight. Eyes were on the
3: TV. Well, this is what everybody paid their money for, man, like this was this was the big one. I can't keep this up. I'm sorry oh, this
2: my <laughs> first note by the way this by the way, this only went just just over three and a half minutes for your opening match. So there you go.
3: Well you uh, want to start off hot? You
2: know? Oh well, yeah,
3: you, you know you get it done and let people know anything can happen.
2: It's like a firecracker, man. It explodes quick, but it's awesome.
3: Right. (laughs) But uh, my first note. I don't know why you're giggling. This No, whatever. My first note of this
2: whole thing was serotonin was so stupid. I hated it at the time, and I still hate it. Uh, Speak for yourself. Keep in mind, by the way, I pointed out on multiple podcasts, I was a big mark for Raven and TNA. This sucked. Uh, final, Final note. Kip pins Divine after hitting the one and only. I don't know what the hell he called it in TNA, but that's what I know it as. Uh, Uncle Dave and I both gave it Uno Star. What say you?
3: Ah, Star.
2: Yeah. Sucked. But, whole hey. Thing. Whole thing sucked. Well, you know, at Bound for Glory, here's here are two of the, the big things I was talking about that changed with a, within a month. Because we go from them being their own characters, whatever. Now they're all three a team, and they're part of Serotonin. And then we've got the James gang, who are now VKM, the Voodoo Kin Mafia. But, you know, that makes sense.
3: <laughs> I still don't understand it.
2: Yeah, it. if anybody can tell me what the hell a Voodoo Kin Mafia is, I think they're just putting words together.
3: Okay, what? Voodoo, we obviously know. And they'll remedy that with Roxy, by the way. She comes yeah. after, by the way. Makes me wonder, do they put her in there just to, just 'cause? Yeah, they're like, uh, what's voodoo about this? Oh, I,
2: whatever, shut the f up.
3: Kin, obviously being like, relative, or.
2: You know, yeah. Right.
3: Mafia being a group.
2: Yeah, it's like uh, two. Uh, the last two words of this name sound seem redundant. I just,
3: I don't. And there's two of you. <laughs> like. Yeah. Right. And then it I mean, just seen, I mean I don't know it just sounds like a huge group voodoo kin mafia like five or six guys people you yeah. should say people because was in it but right. uh, um yeah
2: and didn't they come like basically come out of caskets on the stage like and it, uh,
3: it was like a box or something you know they came out of a box so obviously but they,
2: but they were not over <laughs> so uh, obviously for anybody that doesn't get the joke their initial V K M for Vincent Kennedy McMahon like they made that very clear kind of like how relic spelled backwards is killer uh, but yeah
3: i want to i want to you
2: i well they pounded it home every week and you're but, bringing it back another confusing thing about this gimmick at the beginning like their theme song opens with a phone ringing and then it's like 911 what's your emergency and then some woman's like help me they're in my house and then it like <laughs> cuts off
3: like, so voodoo and mafia and then their home invaders <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh for god's sake i just didn't get this gimmick it was it sucked but it was clearly like they were I'm taking not, shots thing i don't think the mafia's ever gonna give anybody time to call the cops i could be wrong on that if there was such thing as a mafia of course yeah um, you know there isn't you know i didn't hear nothing i didn't see nothing
2: <laughs> although you know um not to i mean it's a sad turn here but you know dino bravo man <laughs> nobody <Yeah>. even, nobody <laughs> found the person all right after the match, BG James grabs a mic and he calls out Vince McMahon, Michael Hickenbottom, and Paul Levesque, challenging them to a fight and telling them to watch Impact on Thursday night. Yeah, that's the way you can get people to watch it by
3: doing something like that. And, uh...
2: Yeah, because I'm I'm totally sure we had another story about they wanted to bring the New Age Outlaws back to to be part of DX until they found out that months previously. They cut a promo making fun of Triple H and Vince McMahon.
3: Obviously, they heard this. I mean, they
2: saw this. Yeah. I'm sure they, their eyes were glued to the screen for Genesis. Anyway.
3: I, I'm uh, I sent some sarcasm in there. Uh, you're,
2: do you remember that one interview with Finley where somebody was like, so did you guys have, like, impact on a screen in the back like you did with Nitro? And he, like, laughed. He was like, no.
3: I never heard that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're all like, so did you guys like have impact on? Or yeah, it was when they were on Mondays, I think. It's like, did you have a TV on to see, you know, like in the gorilla to see? You? And he's like laughing. He's like, <laughs> no, yeah,
3: this is real.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. uh After a little pause, Kazarian and Maverick Matt bring Johnny Devine back to the real ring. Real names. <laughs> well, hey, Kazarian was about to be Kaz, which you know, that was the original. Maverick Matt was
3: a little more more clever
2: than Maverick Matt. (laughs) Well, Maverick Matt was about to be Martyr, and then Johnny Devine was going to be Havoc with a K.
3: So did they just keep that name under, like, trademark and use it now? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) There is a Havoc Uh, in the back now. That's why I asked.
2: Oh, really? Who? Oh, Jessica. Okay, yeah. I forgot she dropped the first name.
3: Not totally, uh, but they just call her Havoc.
2: Yeah. I think she, yeah, I don't know. I think she might own the name because she used it in the 80s. Well, know.
3: yeah. Sammy Callahan, Also, wife. I don't think they, I don't think they could afford to lock down a trademark, anyway.
2: Yeah, right. Well, that's uh, that's Sammy Callahan's wife for anybody that doesn't know. But anyway, uh, they bring Johnny, Devine the, they bring Johnny Divine to the ring with a leather bag over his head. Get him in the ring, put him on his knees, and remove the bag. Get on your knees, Johnny.
3: Hey, we haven't uh, seen this before.
2: Yeah, right. uh Raven now comes out with a kendo stick and literally blisters Johnny Devine's back with it before leaving.
3: Uh,
2: you know, yeah. This whole this thing. Happened. This whole thing was literally designed to get Kazarian over. It kind of did. Yeah, which is fine. But, but it, and then just when he starts, you know, he's really getting over, man. Now we're gonna take him off TV and bring him back as suicide.
3: Uh, uh, he wouldn't I, be suicide much I think uh, Daniels was most
2: yeah well he was he was suicide for like a month or two and then he, then he leaves comes back as Kazarian it's like what is with their infatuation they had an infatuation with doing that cause they did that with Daniels and Curry man
3: I just get some miles out of I don't know
2: yeah But we go to the back now with Jeremy
3: Bor- yeah we're in the back <laughs>
2: with Jeremy I Bor- can't Ash. turn it off sorry He's standing by with Shane Douglas and the newly franchised Naturals. They're standing next to a broken table with Team 3D was here, spray painted on it. Uh, Douglas says that the Naturals beat Team 3D at their own game by putting them through tables. And now there will be a substitute to stand in for Team 3D's beating tonight with Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal. Which brings us to this match. Uh, I mean look you're gonna hear that and think i'm gonna crap on it i'm not but it's just like why is this on pay-per-view no, you're
3: you're done did
2: wow I'm just, I'm just wondering it's like why is this on pay-per-view other than filler i don't know but it's sanjay dutt and jay don't lethal question and- it <laughs> sanjay dutt and jay lethal taking on the newly franchised naturals of andy douglas and shane Steven or shane chase stevens with shane douglas in their corner it's went eight and a half minutes in the end, Shane Douglas gets on the apron and distracts Sanjay Dutt. Dutt punches him, and then Jake Stevens lifts him into a powerbomb. Uh, Andy Douglas hits a missile dropkick to Dutt as Stevens hits the sit-out powerbomb for the win. Kind of a weird tag finish, but whatever. Uh, un- Uncle Dave gives this two and a fourth stars. I give it three <laughs> stars. Let's see. <laughs>
3: it's a random-ass thing. It's yeah. kind a of fourth. I give it two, but I thought it was I didn't even hate
2: it. Yeah, I was like, going back and forth, I was like, two and a half, three, it's like, I don't know, because it's better than average, so, I don't know. It's just, the only thing I think that took away from it for me was, I was like, why is it happening, other than just to give the Naturals a win? Just know. because. And, well, now they traded in their denim vests for leather jackets, so, you know, they're cool now, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I think I, I can't. It's like you're
3: being sarcastic.
2: Yeah, bro, we're gonna put Douglas with you, bro, and you gotta steal all his gimmicks, bro, and you're gonna wear leather jackets. Why? Because I said so, bro. <laughs> oh, we'll get to him uh, later, but uh, first,
3: uh, in the back, in the back. <laughs> in the back. See, uh, yeah, it's hard. You
2: can't turn Uh Jeremy Borash is standing by with LAX, the Latin American Exchange, on Impact. <laughs> <we're talking laughs> wow uh it, on impact they attempted to burn the american flag and of all people pd williams stopped them and got beat down because you know that made sense
3: yeah uh, i mean i thought it was a cool moment
2: i mean it was but it's like hey eh?
3: i mean we had never seen PvP be a face up until now
2: yeah but like wasn't his whole career before this literally his whole career before this anti-america
3: no, no, never. See, that was the thing that people didn't get. It was just pro-Canada. Never anti-American.
2: Yeah, never. okay. I, I, I see your point there. I get it. I get you. Uh, but <laughs> Conian says, like a true Canadian, Petey Williams is a coward. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, they kind of, uh, uh, Legato Del Pantasma kind of made a similar shot at Canada. Is that a thing? Like, Mexicans just make fun of Canada?
2: Uh, Excuse me, Greg, Conian is not Mexican. <laughs>
3: Oh, whatever he's big in Mexico. Like
2: you are <laughs> well, talking,
3: the, talking about the, um, the uh, North American title and, and uh, Santos Escobar. He was saying only uh, an American or a Mexican hold this title. And then the former uh, TJZ whispers in his ear something. And then, and then you hear, and then you hear uh, Escobar say, "No, no, no, Canada doesn't count. No, <laughs> it's just America's hat." <laughs> it's like, why is that a thing?
2: Ah, everybody can everybody takes pot shots at Canada.
3: It's funny. We've we talked about this before. It's like, you know, you can't don't make jokes about black people, Asians, Mexicans, whatever, but Canada's fine. You make all the pot shots of Canada you want. That's totally fine. Like that's the thing. You never hear anybody it, in the media get in trouble for talking about Canada.
2: I wanna say it's because it's kind of the same thing, you can take pot shots in America because like Canada isn't like one race of people, you know? So it's not like you're being racist yeah, you're I, I kind of get crapping that. on the country.
3: And yeah, I, I get that point. I can see the point, but still.
2: Right. Uh Conan says that uh, PD is, quote, infringing upon their constitutional rights by stopping them from burning the flag, and they'll do it tonight. Then JB says Jim Cornette will be there. Uh, later.
3: That's questionable constitutional rights. <laughs> yeah, right. A little uh, liberal, no pun intended with that, but
2: Wow. <laughs> Uh, when J.B. says that Jim Cornette will be there be there to lay down the law tonight, Conan says that he hopes he shows up because, quote, we don't take our orders from no white boy.
3: <laughs> uh, to be fair, they don't get any whiter than Kentucky. So. That's exactly.
2: exactly. That's especially, especially when he's wearing them Kentucky Derby jackets that he owns. Hell yeah, man.
3: Dude, Do you I, remember when he first debuted and what he said to LAX on
2: How the Hell at May TV? Do you remember? Uh, I We covered it. I can't remember now.
3: The Slamverse, Well, well, we didn't cover it actually. It happened on Impact after three when he no. debuted. Okay. But he said that, um, "LAX, I forget the context. Something about either they're gonna have to defend or whatever." And he says, "If you don't like your jobs, you can quit." And this is him, not me. I want to make that clear. Uh, he said, "If you want a job, Chippy Lube continues to be hiring." Um,
2: I think I remember. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's like that's got on TV. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good mm-hmm.
2: lord. Uh I love Keel Conan, by the way. He just like he gives he doesn't even give like one shred of an F. Like oh. not even kind of. I love it. But after a promo package, Jeremy Borash is standing by backstage with X Division champion Christopher Daniels. Borash asks if Daniels beating Styles for the X Division title put a rift between him and AJ. To which Daniels sidesteps the question. He then tells Chris Saban that he's disrespectful and not in the same league as him and AJ. Daniels says tonight he will have two things, quote, this title and your respect, young man. And that is gospel. I thought that was a
3: cool. Sure. I thought that oh, was okay. kind of a
2: cool. Yeah, it was a cool way to end the promo. But it's like, young man, how, how freaking old are you, Daniels? <laughs> I will say, I do think at this point he was quite a bit older. than. Well, I mean, he still is, obviously. But, you know, quite a bit older than Chris Saban.
3: Well, yeah, people, from you would know,
2: if I know, right? Well, people forget Daniels had been wrestling since, like, the mid-'90s.
3: Yeah, I think there was a rumor he was going to be the higher power. Remember that?
2: Yeah, and uh, he was all set to go do, until Vince— Do that
3: do that math. 1989, so, yeah.
2: Yeah, Vince, uh, Vince Russo really wanted him, didn't get him, but he ended up
3: getting him in TNA. There you go. Let's prove that man's not a complete waste, by the way. I won't point that out.
2: Yep, he liked Daniels. He liked uh, Styles, but, yeah, he had some decent ideas. He just really needed a filter.
3: Maybe bro, we're gonna have these two amazing wrestlers and then after them, women are gonna take their tops off, bro.
2: Bro, we bro, we're gonna have an awesome wrestling match between two of the greatest in the world, bro. And while they're wrestling, a hot chick with big fake boobs is gonna be dancing in the cage on the stage, bro.
3: <laughs> and he did that. He did
2: <laughs> Yeah. This was all real, by the way. I'm not just saying this is like a sexist I mean it is sexist, but you know, uh chauvinistic, I guess, I don't know, but it's yeah, it happened. Bro, it's gonna be called TNA, and we're gonna have cage dances, bro.
3: Kill Lord.
2: And he got this past Jerry Jarrett because that man is an idiot. No. Well, you know, huh, can I at least advertise my chicken salad on the, you know, huh, you know, the ring skirt?
3: Bro, yeah. they're gonna have a match. They're gonna have a match in chicken salad, bro. In a
2: in a little kiddie pool. It's gonna be filled with chicken salad, bro. Great <laughs> idea. Bro, it's gonna, bro, it's gonna be Jeff Jarrett versus Sting. With grandma's chicken salad recipe on a pole, bro. (laughs) Holy crap, we went way too far with this. Anyway, getting into the wrestling here. (sighs) This is what you people tune in for, all right? Bring the entertainment. But it's we had to because most of the show sucked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd say
3: Uh, that's not been good. Maybe sucked too much.
2: Yeah, a a good one third of the show kind of sucked. I'll say. Uh. The, whole the Fallen Angel. Say what? The whole thing didn't suck. No, no, definitely not. But this one is the Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels defending the exhibition title against Chris Sabin in about 13 and a half minutes. Hail Sabin. I'm going to say both these characters were kind of shades of gray at this point because you didn't know if Daniels was full face or full heel. And Sabin was mostly heel, but he wasn't a complete a hole. He was just cocky. But I don't know. I think right here he kind of was full heel, but. Either way, uh, Chris Sabin gets a chair at one point, and AJ Styles comes out to steal it away from him. Sabin goes for a DDT, but Daniels ends up reversing it and rolling him up for the pin and the win. Uncle Dave gave it three and a half
3: stars. I gave it
2: three. What
3: say you? I gave it three on any other night. This would have been the best match of the night.
2: It was really good. I enjoyed it. Uh, two of my favorite exhibition guys ever. But yeah, uh, the third one obviously being AJ, but... Yeah, Chris. Chris Saban. He's all right. Yeah, uh, Chris Saban just doesn't get the recognition he really deserves, in my opinion. He was, he is still damn good.
3: Still in TNA, by the way. Impact.
2: Yeah. And uh, Daniels is back in Impact.
3: Nuts. I, sure am. I will say. I Although, think I mean, apparently that working relationship is over. I think, right? So maybe he's not. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know anymore. I I will say, like, why the hell did they have Daniels coming out to the bad influence theme, by the way?
3: I don't know. I wish he would have used his Marilyn Manson ripoff or someone. I know. Like, I, I don't get it.
2: But whatever. After the match, Saban grabs a chair and raises it behind Daniels' back, but Jerry Lynn runs down and snags it. He shouts at Saban and demands that he shake Daniels' hand. Saban eventually shakes the hand of Christopher Daniels, holds his arm up in victory, but then he hits a cradle shock on him before running away. There you go. Yep. He's a heel. Backstage may have been one of the best segments of the whole night. Uh, it's Kevin Nash telling Alex Shelley and Austin awesome Starr that they need a big win tonight. Nash says that if they follow him, they'll have the careers like some of the biggest stars of all time. And they go <laughs> back and forth naming off their like like Porkchop Cash, like Don Cronodal, George South, Lasertron. <laughs> Bob Backlund. This is so effing stupid and hilarious. And uh, Nash is like, they're all straight-faced about it the whole time. Like, that was the best part. And then Nash is like, guys, we could go on all night. (laughs) Uh, Nash then has everyone put their hands in the middle, and they make noises like they're beating off with vigor. I didn't get that, but okay. Yeah, because they put their hands in the middle, and they're like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man I was like this is creepy but now we got this match it is the paparazzi productions of Alex Shelley and Austin, the Austin star taking on Ron the Truth Killings and Lance Hoyt was now Lance Archer Uh, this went just over 11 minutes I laughed my ass off seeing Lance Archer dancing to Truth's theme song on the stage yeah he really oh. said he really did say no to nothing, right? Like right. he he just he did everything. He uh he he was Dallas with Kid Cash. He did this. He he seemed to be a throw in tag team partner for everybody for years. And then two uh,
3: guy, I mean you think
2: about it. Yep. And he was Lance Rock in the uh Rock and Rave infection.
3: <sighs>
2: and then Jimmy uh,
3: Ray, by the way.
2: Yeah, he said he had a double leg amputation
3: yeah
2: and he's already had an arm amputated i, I don't know what i don't know what's okay. going on with jimmy rave if anybody knows like i'm thinking cancer or something
3: like, so well, I was pointing cool. out by the way that uh, i saw this on someone retweeted it um vince russo has an old raw magazine autographed by every member of the heart foundation in 1907 um, wow. and he's auctioning it off with all the money going to him
2: wow really
3: it's kind of hard to talk about that man. He does something like
2: that. Hey, I never once said he was a complete pile of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, mostly, but nah, I'm kidding.
3: But just, you know, it's a little cool thing to do. But yeah. he said he's had it for many years. And he's never given up on or never, never yeah. thought about selling it until now.
2: Oh, OK. Apparently he suffers from
3: MRSA. Uh, what's that?
2: Pro wrestler Jimmy Rave, 38, reveals that he had both legs amputated after suffering from MRSA six months after the uh, same drug-resistant infection forced doctors to amputate his arm. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's a staph infection that's resistant to antibiotics and can be deadly.
3: Man. Just horrible. I mean, he's alive, though, but...
2: Yeah, that's got to be a... What cost, though. I know, bad quality of life, but yeah. Anyway, getting back to something less depressing. Ugh. Uh, turning it back to this, uh, Alex Shelley has Lance Hoyt dead to rights, telling Austin Starr to go get his camera while he's doing that. Lance rolls Alex Shelley up and wins. Well, Dave gave this a star and a half. I gave it two for slightly below average. What say you?
3: I gave it two, but barely.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, this was another one. Why the hell was this on pay-per-view? It, it
3: felt like an impact, honestly
2: yeah it's just like i don't know it's like one of those old school cards where it's like look you all paid for joe and angle everything else before that's just filler. <laughs> did they pay <laughs> the people on pay-per-view did t- <laughs>
1: yeah
2: okay uh and after the match austin Starr and kevin nash argue and they get mad at alex shelley yeah oh, man this was during the time by the way of starting to become an alex shelley fan because i didn't give a crap about him before this so hey if paparazzi productions did anything man it uh made me give a crap about him, so there's that. Uh, backstage, Jeremy Borash is with Chris uh, Christian Cage, who didn't who says that he didn't make a mistake by underestimating AJ Styles because quote, the stakes are for losers. He <laughs> said he says that he's still undefeated. I forgot that was a thing with him, by the way. He says he's still undefeated, names the people he's beaten in TNA, says that he's the biggest star in the wrestling industry. And then he says tonight He's going to become the number one contender when he defeats AJ Styles. There you go. He also uh, almost threatened Jeremy Borash that he was going to rip off his face and use it for toilet paper. <laughs> so there's that.
3: With the furly eyes.
2: Right. Uh, but This next match is AJ I don't Styles. don't know what that is, but I gonna look it up. Wow. Uh, up next is AJ Styles versus Christian Cage. The winner becomes the number one contender for the NWA World Heavyweight title. Went just shy of 16 minutes. Christian gets frustrated at one point and goes for a chair, but good old Slick Johnson stops him from using it. Real name. Slick Johnson's a referee, by the way, if anybody doesn't know.
3: And not Go only... Go back and he... listen to the last review we just recorded, by the way, our last we we uh, reviewed. Some funny Slick yeah. Johnson stuff in there.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. And he uh, Man, they had to gimmick this dude all up. Not only is his name Slick Johnson, so we can listen to that name. And he was kind of goofy, but let's put him in shorts too, so you know he stands out from everybody. And kind of, he kind of <sighs> yeah. looks like uh, David Draymond's younger brother.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that bow tie, man.
2: Oh my gosh, yeah. You remember when he had like a comically big one?
3: Yeah, every night, or every other night, apparently.
2: <laughs> yeah. But he tries it again later, but Chris Daniels now runs down and grabs a chair, plays tug of war with Christian while Styles tries to roll Christian up. Finally, Christian lets go of the chair and sits down on Styles' shoulders and hooks the leg for the pinfall win. I felt this was a pretty original ending. I liked it. Uncle Dave gave it three and three quarters of a star. I don't know what the hell shaved off a quarter star. Uh, I, I gave it three and a half. What say you?
3: I gave it three. I felt it could have been better, though.
2: Yeah, it wasn't amazing. Uh, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't amazing. I don't know. That's why I gave it three and a half. I'm like, eh, it was better than three, but it was not four-star worthy. So, I don't know. I split the difference. I just, David is freaking 4 I mean, four we've, seen,
3: we've seen more stuff.
2: Oh, well, hell yeah. And Christian had a string of really good matches in TNA. Yeah,
3: definitely. I uh, think half- this is some of his best work ever, honestly, to this day. I mean, TNA, like this whole run.
2: Oh, uh, well, no, Greg, His best run ever was when he returned to WWE and, you know, kicked Randy Orton or got kicked by Randy Orton in the nuts.
3: I forgot. That's your opinion. Sorry.
2: Shut the F up. <laughs> hey, I'm such a Christian, Mark. I missed out on apparently meeting half of the you know wrestlers in the frickin world <laughs> <laughs> it's true. To, stand, to stand in line and wait for his autograph. In, uh, I,
3: wonder, I wonder if I've covered those all now. Like I was that was a weekly thing. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, you kept throwing Uh out these names. It was
2: like, oh, I met so and so. And I'm like, when? And you're like, oh, it must have been when you were waiting for Christian. Like, what the hell? Keep in mind,
3: you were waiting in that line for like over an hour. Was it that long? Yeah. No, that line was wrapped around the whole thing, remember? Like, you went around the outskirts.
2: I did get to walk by, uh, I think, Hurricane and definitely Jerry Lawler. So,
3: and, uh, you know, Uh, Jerry Lawler.
2: Jerry Lawler, who I thought it was bring your daughter to work day. Turns out it was just his fiance. I kid.
3: No, you're not kidding, but whatever.
2: <laughs> somebody posted a picture of him. He was like in his like high school, like his old high school. Like and he posted a picture about, oh, I'm back in my old alma mater. And uh, somebody was like, somebody chokes jokes about this. <laughs> but now after the match, Daniels tries to apologize as AJ shouts him down. Styles finally slaps Daniels as Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal try to break it up. Finally, Rhino runs to the ring. Because that man doesn't know how to walk, he just runs everywhere. Uh, he grabs a mic and he, yeah. tells <laughs> and he tells Sanjay and Jay to leave because he's got this covered. Rhino says that he and his best friend Christian Cage just had a horrible falling out, and he doesn't want to see the same thing with AJ and Daniels, so they need to shake hands. And because brother's
3: got a hug,
2: and get it in, man. Styles grabs a mic and says, Thanks, Dr. Phil. If I need a psychiatrist, I'll give you a call before he throws the mic back at rhino and storms out that was heartbreaking man my my thing is why the hell does rhino give a crap don't question him right we literally saw it we've covered that that man on pay-per-view gored a man's wife threw a table and piled drove the crap out of her on mother's day and then said uh happy mother's day you f and b (laughs) (sighs) but now he's got a heart greg he He's a caring man beast, all right? Yeah. He's the real effin' show with the real effin' heart. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) He's got kids now, man.
3: I got (laughs) kids. I need to go with this woman. I came out wrong. (laughs) What the hell?
2: (laughs) He already gored the one. Anyway. Uh, Wow.
3: wow. Man, you made it
2: worse. (laughs) I'm always here to help. But we go to the back again with Jeremy Borash standing by with Gail Kim and America's Most Wanted. How Roll Tide was she looking, man?
3: All kind of Roll Tide. She
2: was all the way live right here. I'm sure a a certain buff British uh, chef thought the same thing. Is he British? Uh, Yeah, he's British. (laughs) What is that? Something Irvine or Irvin or Robert. Robert Irvin. All right. Uh, Chris Harris runs down everything that's happened in the feud between AMW and LAX before giving a rah-rah pro-America speech. Jamestorm follows up with uh, basically the same thing, but more of like a hick twang to it. Like, you know, these dang old uh, banks come over here to America and they do all, you know, we'll go America.
3: Woo! Bear! What the hell?
2: Something along <laughs> those lines. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, But anyway, uh, they storm off together towards the ring. The next match is Latin American exchange Hernandez and homicide with Conan in their corner (laughs) defending the NWA world tag team titles against America's most wanted Chris Harris and James storm with Gail Kim in their corner. they are about nine and a half minutes before the match starts. Conan grabs a mic and says that they're protected by the first amendment. And tonight they will desecrate the American flag and burn it like, well, Okay then. Uh AMW then jumps
3: up front about
2: it. Yeah, right. He wasn't even like uh you know like tiptoeing around. He's just like, nope, F it. But AMW then jumps LAX and they and the brawl starts. In the end, Gail Kim and Conian are distracting the referee while Homicide smacks James Storm in the back of the head with the blowtorch. Homicide then or excuse me, Hernandez then pins Storm for the win. Uh Uncle Dave and I both gave this two and a half stars for average. What say you?
3: Thank you? Two with, yeah, two. try right, remember Yep. Yeah. I didn't hate it, but it's was like, eh, let's go.
2: Yeah, it was it was okay, average. We've seen better. And especially, like, after Bound for Glory, they had that amazing match, LAX and uh, Styles and Daniels. This was just kind of, eh, it was all right. But after the match, LAX gets in the ring with the American flag and the blowtorch. Homicide gets Gail Kim up for the gringo killer. But Petey Williams comes in to save her and beat up LAX as AMW gets back in the ring to help. Jim Cornette is here now and he stomps his way to the ring with a mic in hand. Cornette says that
3: LAX out of a box. Nobody cares.
2: Damn right. Cornette says that LAX is guilty of misconduct and bad taste. Irony. Uh, he then goes off about how the veterans and the families and friends of those veterans don't like LAX's conduct. TNA management doesn't approve of LAX's conduct. And management has decided that LAX isn't fit to represent TNA as tag team champions. Because of that, Jim Cornette is stripping them of the tag team titles. And they have until Thursday night on Impact to hand over the NWA tag team titles, or they're fired.
3: This was so stupid. Yeah, it's like... Why don't you just get a a big-ass team or something to go out there and beat them up?
2: I know. It's like, we're going to strip you of the tag titles because you're mean. Like, what? All right, this was just, eh, whatever. Uh, I did say, what's weird is seeing America's Most Wanted hoist up a proud Canadian, Petey Williams, on their shoulders, waving the American flag while they stand next to the Korean-Canadian, Gail Kim. <laughs> <laughs> this it's all kinds of weird, man. <sighs> in the back, James in the, Mitchell, the back, James Mitchell is standing in a red glowing room with abyss. He tells Sting that, his best years are long ago, but he's and he's lost his edge, and Abyss will destroy him tonight. He lets us know that tonight will be brutal as the monster Abyss drags Sting down the highway to hell. Abyss then shouts repeatedly at the camera as they walk off. Yeah.
3: um, mm-hmm. You ready for this one? When I watched this back, I was like, oh, yeah, this. <laughs> yeah, it was this one. I do, have a, I do have something to say about that might surprise you, though, but let's go on.
2: Yeah, let's get into it. It's Sting defending the NWA, or excuse me, <clears throat> it's Sting defending the NWA World's Heavyweight title against Abyss with James Mitchell in his corner. It went 15 and a half minutes. Sting and Abyss start the match brawling through the crowd. Abyss eventually uses a chair. I guess the referee didn't see it. And he's, keep this stuff in mind, by the way. And he sets up a bunch of tables with barbed wire boards across them in front of the stage. The referee talks Abyss out of powerbombing Sting through that stuff, uh, saying that he'll be DQ'd. So Abyss takes Sting back to the ring. Per usual, the ref gets bumped at one point. Abyss pours tax in the ring, but here's a twist, Greg. He actually chokeslam, He choke Sting into the tax that he laid out. What? I, I don't. I don't get it. Yeah, I just like isn't Abyss supposed to go into his own crap? It's, well, he does eventually because Sting gets up and drop toe holds and face first into the tax. So there's that. Uh, and then he locks him into the Scorpion Deathlock, but Mitchell distracts the referee from seeing Abyss tapping out. Uh, Sting now makes Mitchell tap out of the Scorpion Deathlock. Sting then uses a chair on Abyss, not a DQ. And then he ties his legs up in a random. Oh well, no,
3: hold on. Now they do make sure to tell us the referee's being lenient. Remember, they say it. Oh. To be to be fair. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm it's, just saying. You know, they there is continuity at least with it. Well, there's that, and then there's a rope
2: hanging from the ceiling. For so, did they explain why? No. Okay.
3: Why? So why a, would they? Just. Yeah. Right. Every so wrestling a, arena in the history of wrestling, dude, has a rope hanging from the, the rafters. Oh, well, yeah. I'm trying to figure out what the hell you don't understand. That's why I'm here. To, I'm here to
2: educate you. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. But there's a rope hanging from the ceiling. Uh, he, Sting, that is. Pronouns, pal. Pronouns, pal. He ties Abyss's legs up in it and he pulls him up, dangling from the ceiling. You know, think of uh, Macho Man and Crush, WrestleMania 10.
3: Except Abyss actually dangled.
2: Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Macho Man just said, F it. I'm going back to the ring. You're good enough. Uh, Sting then beats Abyss repeatedly with the chair. Again, not a DQ. And he brings Abyss down, takes him to the stage, and then shoves the referee down, which finally draws the DQ. And then he shoves Abyss off of the stage, through the barbed wire boards, and the table in front of the stage. Oh, God. Uncle Dave gave it two and a quarter stars. I gave it two and a half for average, I guess. What did you give it?
3: I gave it two. Now, I did like, I mean, I thought it was a stupid way for them to lose the title. But Mike Tanay clearly told everybody that since the inception of TNA, you could lose a title in a DQ. And I thought that was cool that there was continuity there. Yeah. I don't know why the hell that, that was a real rule. Apparently it's a rule in UFC, too. There's a current champion, wink, wink, because uh, that's a long story, that won their title on a DQ. So apparently that won in MMA, too. Um, I think it was uh, an
2: NWA um, rule that they carried over, yeah. I want to say.
3: I mean, and just because it had never been used at this point, people called BS. Like, well, it's not really BS. If they, if it's always been a rule, just because it's never been used. Uh, yeah. You know. This just... Uh, he only—he was only the champion for a month. He
2: literally won the belt at Bound for Glory.
3: Like, why? Well, well I think Abyss loses it either the next month or the month after that.
2: Yeah. So, like,
3: what's
2: yeah. the... Russo... Yeah. Uh, that damn Russo runs, runs wild again. Or no, he's a... Uh,
3: Vince Russo is like, struck again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord.
2: Well, after the match, Sting looks like, what have I done? Rudy Charles, the referee, says that because of the DQ, Sting loses the title to Abyss because, as you said, it's apparently been a TNA rule since day one.
3: And it but, has. They used to say it on the Wednesday night pay-per-views, so...
2: I get it, but it's just like the F. Yeah, like, look at your champion, everybody. He's writhing uh, in pain in barbed wire. Yeah. Whatever. Didn't Abyss lose it to Christian? Was it Christian? I don't remember. I think so. Uh, either way.
3: Either way, he so a- wins it at the next bound for glory, and then the one after that, too, I believe. So, there you go.
2: Lovely. Uh, well, we're going to take our second-to-last break. When we come back, it's main event time. No, the title match was not the main event, and you'll see why right after this. <laughs> Follow the main event marks at Facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Fanatics offers the world's largest collection of official sports apparel and gear from all the leagues, teams, and players that you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, NCAA, NASCAR, soccer, and golf. They even offer esports gear for the gamers among us. You can shop by brand, sport, team, or player. And if you sign up for fan cash, you get exclusive weekly deals. So head on over to Fanatics.com today. Fanatics
1: is a sponsor of the main event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network.
3: Looking for a particular truck part? Then look no further. The Rush Truck Center's All Makes Parts Catalog features more than 16,000 of the most popular All Makes Parts from top suppliers in the industry and with quality brands you know and trust. And at 164 full-color pages... This is their biggest catalog yet. Our friends at Rush Truck Centers have great deals for you all year long. Check out their monthly parts and service specials in store and online. And when you're ready to order, shop online with Parts Connect at RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers.
2: The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. <laughs> Now we're back. We're back. Ain't that time, it's Samoa Joe versus Kurt Angle. It went uh, 13 minutes. Kurt Angle. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, I forgot that's what's on his driver's license. Uh, I forgot that Kurt Angle used to come up through the stage, by the way.
3: Uh, yeah, he. <laughs> want, everyone wanted to be right, here, <laughs> yeah. right
2: Well, you know, clearly, Kurt was a time traveler. He went forward in time and saw that Cody Rhodes was doing it, and he wanted to be like Cody
3: want to slap you <laughs>
2: uh i sorry you had to give them uh well you didn't that one you didn't
3: so that sure one I... you just not for
2: <laughs> maybe uh well he also saw that cody was doing a, a pro-america gimmick and he wanted to rip that off too so he went and joined the olympics anyway yeah,
3: well sorry but kurt still didn't have the very first ever interracial baby
2: well well yeah yeah <laughs> 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 Uh, technically, I mean he did. You know, if you, you know, what's funny is like somebody googled that. And, like, uh, somebody actually put that Jason Jordan was Kurt Angle's real son uh, on Google or
3: whatever. I guess that's kind of true. That's
2: like holy crap. Kurt still jokes about it to this day. Uh, but Kurt gets busted open in the same spot that he had a big ass bandage on his head for, uh, after Joe. I think it was right after Joe hit the suicide flying elbow the outside of the ring. But Kurt quickly is wearing the crimson mask. Halfway through this one, Joe nails a muscle buster, but Kurt kicks out and reverses a coquina clutch attempt into an angle slam for near fall. Joe then reverses an ankle lock into a coquina clutch, which is then reversed into another ankle lock. That eventually gets broken. In the end, Kurt Angle locks in another angle lock. Great finds it, and Samoa Joe has no choice but to tap out for, the first, for his first defeat in his 17-month TNA career. Uncle Dave gave this four and a quarter stars. I gave it four and a half stars. It wasn't quite five, but it was damn close. What say you?
3: I as well gave it four. They would have a way better Iron Man match eventually.
2: I believe it. I'd have to go back and watch it. Well, that wasn't the, was that the lockdown one or was that a different one?
3: That was a cage, match. That's probably their five-star match, but the uh, Okay. The uh, Iron Man match is a couple months later, I think.
2: Ah, uh, okay. Well, uh, not to spoil anything for next year, but we're going to be covering a lot of TNA 2007 next year. So I'm going to try to get that one on the schedule, whatever show that was on. So. Might
3: have been Destination Next. Let me figure it out and check. Okay.
2: Yeah. Uh, we, whenever you figure it out, we'll, uh, we'll get it on the schedule. But like I said, I wanted to – we did a lot of TNA 2006 on this one, but we started in kind of late. So I want to do as much 07 as possible next year from TNA because I really enjoyed that year. It was – Kurt Angle, Sting, uh, Christian Cage, Smoa Joe, AJ Styles, stacked-ass roster, man. But anyway, after the match, the crowd chants, you tapped out, you tapped out. Smoa Joe says, and I'll clean it up, but he says, damn right I tapped out. And he says that he did it because he recognizes that tonight, Kurt Angle was the better man. He then says that if Kurt's <laughs> a real man, he'll accept a rematch. Kurt looks around and acts like he's going to shake Joe's hand, but then he pulls his hand back and walks away. Joe then uh, says, I guess we're going to have to do this the hard way before leaving. And that is the end of the show. So I guess that brings us to our final break. When we come back, we're going to dive into the final ratings and uh, kind of a wrap up and what we're going to talk about next week right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah
1: the that. mother,
3: Same mother and father. Your room was...
1: Spell it with a K. So, mate, take it easy.
0: Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You could get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. Alright, we are back. And hey, we're back. Final time of the podcast here. For the final ratings. IMDB Internet Movie Database gives us seven point seven out of ten. Cagematch.net gives it five point seventy out of ten. I give it an eight out of ten for a B. What say you?
3: I gave it a C plus.
2: Hmm, close. I think hmm. this is one of the first shows that you rated lower than me. Yeah. Usually it's the other way around. I didn't hate it, but
3: yeah, it could have been so much better.
2: Yeah, definitely. Like we said, there was a lot of filler on the show, which kind of sucked. But uh, the main event was really good. Title match was fine. Tag match was fine. Or tag title match, I should say. Styles was Christian was great. Uh, And uh, Daniels and Saban was great. And that first tag match was, was fine. There wasn't anything wrong with it. Or I guess technically the second tag match, because that first one was
3: uh, uh, We'll call that a match. Sure.
2: Yeah, that handicap crap but yeah so that's that anyway that is uh that wraps up tna genesis 2006 Uh, i will say this i'm glad i went back and watched this it was a good it was a good watch i didn't get uh yeah i mean i like to watch so yeah which is now a shirt by the way Thanks for that transition (laughs) it is a shirt over at the on our bonfire store it is uh, if I remember correctly here, it is bonfire.com forward slash store, forward slash main dash events dash marks. Go check that out. It is uh, at the very top of our store. It's I like to watch and it looks like spray painted letters, and it's got a old VHS tape for all you youngins out there, Google it. What's a VHS tape? It's got our, it's got our logo on the VHS. We got the hoodies, baseball tees, long sleeve shirts. uh, When I started watching, it was VHS. Yeah, same here, right? (laughs) And uh, we got some other good stuff on there, too. I just put up a a Starcade inspired shirt. is main event marks and it's our colors. Check that out. We got a Christmas themed one, a Hanukkah themed one for all of you out there uh, celebrating Hanukkah here in a couple of weeks. And Thanksgiving one. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, uh, gobble. Well, we got one for my catchphrase of the show, Greg. It's, I got a Jax figure of them. <laughs>
3: and the back, it's a two-sided shirt. I could never wear guys. that because I have like one Jax figure.
2: Yeah, right. Well, I have a ton, and I'm going to get to that on YouTube here eventually. Maybe it's some uh, bonus content for Christmas. But the back, I got a design on the back of that shirt or hoodie, whatever you want to get as well. its It looks kind of like a jersey, and it says Jax up top and 96 down below. And that's because little fact for all of you out there 1996 was the first year jack's pacific started making uh wwe figures uh and yeah the the hanukkah shirt is also double-sided The back says uh hanukkah for you know eight days of hanukkah uh thanksgiving the thanksgiving one says mark's giving 1621 first year of thanksgiving and uh we got marksmas merry marksmas man And that says 25 for the 25 days of christmas so all right
3: Anyway, we keep it off uh, for everyone. No one gets. Uh, every, we we like to recognize
2: everybody. Exactly. We're we're all inclusional here. Is that a word inclusional? I'm yeah. I'm making it a word. we well we I think all, it is a word. Yeah, we're all including here in uh you know at uh the main event marks.
3: But even Canadians, despite people making too many jokes about them.
2: Yeah right. You yeah. know hey hey Greg likes cannon. There's that. Well,
3: Greg likes hockey. So. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> Uh, Don't get but, more Canadian hockey, dude. Right.
2: Well, something else we're including this month is another Survivor Series. Next week, it is double main event week, which means a bonus Just show week. Yeah. Next week, it is uh on November seventeenth, Wednesday. We're our normal day, you know, same bat time, same bat channel. We're dropping WWF Survivor Series nineteen ninety eight, and then for the bonus show next Friday, freaking it, bonus. We're going back to. November 4th, 1996, for a very special anniversary. It's Raw is War. Pillman's Got a Gun.
3: Pillman's Got
2: a Gun. According to you, the show sucked. So,
3: I mean, most Raws back then did. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, uh, and they won a lot of ratings. Well, I guess they didn't win in 96 a whole lot, but or ever. Did
3: they win any in 96? <laughs> uh I must say maybe early on.
2: Yeah, back and forth. Yeah, because I think, didn't they not win a single rating in 97? I think WCW '97 the was
3: there. their yeah was their year of total defeat because they didn't win one until Austin McMahon after WrestleMania 14, a couple weeks after. Yeah. So 97 nuts. is their shutout year, for sure.
2: Nuts to think about, man. That's nuts. But uh, then the last show of the month, November 24th, that is the day before Thanksgiving. And we are dropping WCW Mayhem
3: 2000.
2: Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Here's this.
3: (laughs) I mean, we like to cover crap. That's what I was thinking. Ah,
2: Yeah. Like I said, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was last week. I don't know. But, you know, we ironically cover bad stuff sometimes. This is uh, one of them things. But this was not one of the ironically bad things we were going to cover. I just enjoy You and I both enjoy TNA from around this era. So, 15-year anniversary. Why not? But Very
3: right, much like, so.
2: I think this about wraps it up. I'm excited to cover Survivor Series 1998 next week. That was a good year for the WWF.
1: Deadly so, games.
2: Yeah, it was the first Survivor Series that I was really, like, <laughs> present for. Because I started watching the fall of 97, but I didn't really know fully what was going on in Survivor Series. 97 didn't pay attention. So by 98, November 98, I was really invested. So I didn't get to see the pay-per-view, unfortunately. I never saw pay-per-views back then. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching this one on the cock and talking about it next week. (sighs) It's
3: the second time I heard that today. Uh, All right.
2: Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Mm -hmm. And next week, everybody stick around. For WWF Survivors Series 1998, The Deadly Game. And on Friday, WWF Raw, on November 4th, 1996, film has Gotta Go. <laughs>